So here we are, everybody. Episode one of the Black Rabbit Hole. A very cool sounding podcast name. I'm trying to make it a cool podcast, but thank you for joining me. Today is the Big Bang Theory. Going to be interviewing my folks later, talking about some things. Now, I had planned on doing one episode, interview my folks. I thought it was going to be that simple, but I realized soon as I started talking to them that this is going to have to be an ongoing thing throughout the podcast and also throughout life. So uh, I'm going to call that mom and pop culture, and uh, you'll be getting some of that later on. Uh, Before we get started, again, this podcast is about me based on a true story about a kid from Mobile who made it to Manhattan. I work for a network here. Um, You know, you can find out who it is if you want to, but I'm in order to disclaim my podcast, I want to make it clear that this podcast is my podcast. This is Vance Lang's podcast. The opinions, the notions, anything that I say here are my own opinions, my own thoughts, my own feelings. They are, they don't reflect who I work for. They don't reflect who I represent as an organization. This is all just me. This is my own pet project. If you're here, it's probably because you know me. And and that's kind of the concept that I was going for. It's a podcast for people that know me, that see my social feed. I see your social feed. I see everybody's social feed who's around me. So hopefully I'll be able to target my podcast for people that know me to just be another piece of entertainment inside your social feed that kind of pertains to you. Um, if I went to elementary school with you, I might be talking about the Orchard Bees be Busy Bees one day. If I went to middle school with you, whichever one, might be talking about the PPS Pirates, might be talking about the Hillsdale Mustangs, might be talking about the Shaw Rebels in here. All of that good stuff, again, just for you, my friends, family, and associates who are already in the social media world. Every, you know, all this digital stuff, the streaming, there's plenty of dudes talking to you on the internet. So, I figured I could be one of them and also maybe be something relevant to you. That's the goal, you know, and I know that's a lot of different things in one to be part of a podcast, but that's where I'm going with this. So that's where I'm trying to go. So hopefully, hopefully uh, I'm able to kind of make some sense, be entertaining and um, come out with something that's, you know, Again, I guess entertaining is what I'm looking for, but uh, informative. I I, I hope to kind of give you an insight into my own way of thinking and how I was how it was shaped. That's why I wanted to talk to my parents, and then also just kind of again be another space, another black person. But I say a regular black person out in these digital spaces, and and give you a story that um, give you a story in a podcast that while universal it's really it's really my gift to my friends families and associates who are following me on digital who've been following my career and it's like let me see if i can put something together to you know make a cohesive podcast don't feel like it's working right now that's personally (laughs) but we're gonna see what it do so anyway i've disclaimed uh my job uh other things this is all me so we're gonna hop right in to episode one and again i didn't want to i didn't want this podcast to be like oh it's called the black rabbit hole so it must be about black shit um no um not necessarily but i am black and sometimes black things really get under my skin or it just feels like something that needs to be said so you know i i i want to start again well here we are Right after Juneteenth weekend, which was 
federally recognized finally um and whatever your opinion is about that you know great you can have it um my reason for mentioning that is like the image of black people in america and what it is getting recognized for juneteenth as a federal holiday which i'm sure made worldwide news now which is where i was going with this just recently not too long ago i was watching the g7 and the nato summit and they took a class photo and when they took yeah you know, and looking at the class photos you know i had this thing i always joke about whoever came up with it but where the black people at where the black people at you know the g7 it's the group of seven countries that wield global influence and they form these alliances and make these Paris Accords and whatnot, global influence. And also NATO, same thing. It's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization or something like that. And these pictures, like I said, where the black people that are struggling that at least prominently feature. Now, somebody can fact check me on this or whatever. There are no African nations in the G7. Um, or South American nations in the G7 in any big way. Again, if they're, I'm sure they're, they got to be represented somewhere, right? Right. But when I see the class photo, where are the black people? Um, NATO, kind of the same thing. Now, there's a so-called Mediterranean dialogue in NATO that includes some of the North African countries, but it's still a stark image to have these two global worldwide alliances. And it's not a person of color in the picture. Now, they, now the, the G7, I was watching the coverage and they did have, there was a prominent black person speaking. And again, I'm saying this because I was just looking at pictures. I wasn't, you know, reading the news or whatever. It's just the pictures that I'm exposed to of events that are happening. Hey, this is the class photo of the G7. Hey, here's the class photo of NATO. Where the black people at? That's all, that's all I'm saying. It made me feel some kind of way. And it also made me think about, again, that global image of people of color whether you're black whether you're you know south american or whatever it is i don't see us in those pictures and i say us as a global thing of people of color also kind of piggybacking off the the criticism if you will of the lynn lynn manuel miranda uh in the heights movie that came out that had a an uproar about the lack of dark-skinned Lato, lat, lat, uh, Cuban Latino, please. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to ruin. It. I can't think of it right now. Afro, Afro Cubano, dark skin Latinos. I'm sorry, please don't, don't cancel me after the first episode because I, I, <laughs> I miss. I, I, I can't think of the phrase right now. But basically, uh, the controversy was that darker skinned Latinos were excluded from in the heights. And again, it's the same thing in this global picture. Then you see the G7, you see NATO, you see no people of color. And it was like this inner message, if you will, uh, that could be taken in. If you are a kid that's looking at this and you're a kid of color and you're like, oh, those are the G7, the group of seven. Some people call them the great seven. And then you're like, wait, none of the countries that people say I'm from or originated from or in there and mind you the g7 the eu germany france and the uk are four of the seven so those four the eu one should basically include germany and france already in the uk but i think the uk is out of a brexit whatever but four european countries no african countries just saying 
just wanted to just wanted to get in there. The 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 the, the exclusion was glaring to me and a little deep to me when I thought about it in conjunction with all of these things with Juneteenth, the you know, Juneteenth being recognized and black people's you know, freedom being celebrated. I mean, it's been celebrated, but for it to be a federal thing now, it, it, it hits different. And I said this on my Facebook feed for anybody. If I see a party city, party city, if you do a motherfucking Juneteenth commercial, come on, I'm going on. Okay. You already stole Thriller from Michael Jackson for the Halloween commercials. This ain't Cinco de Mayo. Okay. We won't play that. So, Anyway, that's my black shit off the top um, <laughs> in the black rabbit hole. I just wanted to put that out there. I hope you all had a good uh, Juneteenth weekend, as they call it. Father's Day weekend, celebrating black fathers, the image of the black man, you know, the image of the black woman, the image of black people is it's kind of all over the place. So I hope that everyone had an uplifting weekend where we were able to celebrate the culture. We were able to celebrate the fathers. Um, because, you know, that's what we need. I mean, I, I try to just be a, you know, normal, regular person. That's what I am. And I try to do good things, do nice things and make people feel better. So I hope everyone had a good Father's Day weekend. Uh, shout out to Mickey, my dad. Uh, you know, I, I know I was a lot to deal with, but I definitely appreciate your patience and, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, so, uh, happy Father's Day. Happy Juneteenth. And, uh, you know, welcome again to episode one of the Black Rabbit Hole. We're going to get into some other things shortly. But first, here's this. I made it sound like something was coming, right? I don't know what's coming yet, but that's the intro. We're coming with part two soon. Holler! Like I said, this is a really, you know, personal, like, in, in, the, in the neighborhood type uh, podcast for different people in my network and i'm hoping that i can kind of bring everybody together a little bit you know it's a big it's a big uh big goal i understand that but uh a little later in the pod we're going to talk to uh my homie the handy electrician he's going to give us with some handy tips so please subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform google apple i think you could say alexa find the black rabbit hole and i think she'll find it um everywhere you get podcasts uh, the Facebook page is for kind of bonus video clips. Uh, the YouTube page, if, you, if you're on YouTube, uh, Mixcloud, Twitch. Uh, Twitch is going to have a lot of bonus content. It's going to be some live live shows going on on Twitch. So if you're on Twitch, find the Black Rap Hole there. The Mixcloud. The Mixcloud is where the music is going to be. So, uh, you know, Facebook, they cut you off. They do that kind of stuff. So uh, make sure you uh, you're, you find the podcast on all your digital platforms because, again, this is kind of my other thing of just kind of putting myself out into these digital spaces and claiming some space um, because there could be more of us out there and a lot of people are either just not aware of Twitch and Mixcloud or they just intimidated by going on, me included. Um, so I just wanted to kind of do this but uh, and get in these, these uh, digital platforms. So please subscribe. Uh, the black rabbit hole, you're already here, but uh, please subscribe to uh, the other channels so I can get those numbers, you know, just one of those things. <laughs> so, without further ado, here's the first part of my conversation with my parents, and I started by asking them where they grew up. I grew up in Mount Vernon, Macintosh, slash Macintosh, 
Two towns about 45 miles north of Mobile. My mother's from Mount Vernon, my father's from McIntyre, so I grew up between the two little towns, which are about 11 miles apart. Um, and we met in high school, I guess, or somewhere there about growing up. You know, we knew each other, I guess, growing up throughout school. Um, yeah, I don't know, and, and high school, like I say, in high school, late high school for her, right after high school for me. Well, I grew up in Mount Vernon, Alabama. My um, dad had a job there at Alabama Power Company, and so him and my mom moved there. And um, I was born in Watley, Alabama, because my mama went home and had me at home. I remember seeing your dad around, but he was real popular in school and everything, and I wasn't. And, um, <laughs> I was just like all the other girls. I guess I just had a crush on or whatever, and I never knew to say nothing about it. <laughs> and then we—he was—he went—he was going off to the military. He was going to the service, and he was going around, and he had this little book, and he was going to get all the girls' addresses so that somebody could write to him while he was in the service. <laughs> I always tease that I guess I was the only girl that wrote back. <laughs> because he started writing me back and then all of a sudden he started he sent me his class ring in the in the mail and um and I started getting all these um things in the mail all the time, the flats, different stuff and matter of fact I got a box back there so if he ever say he didn't do that I got a whole box of letters that he wrote me while he was in the military count down the hours 12 <laughs> days 15 hours and 24 seconds he would do all that kind of stuff <laughs> on the letter and uh, oh that's how we, we kind of met you know that way see that was the thing from uh, I'm being stationed in Alaska you knew when you went there you had 550 days that's 18 months. So from day one, you start counting down 549. <laughs> so that was like just a little military thing that everybody did before you, uh, as we would say, get back to the work. Yeah, we met and got married. Victor was born then, three or four years later, long came you. <laughs> and by that time, we were stationed at Keesler Air Force Base down in Biloxi. And, um, he was actually born on the base. You were born uh, on December 23rd. And um, we were standing in this little apartment. I said, Victor was uh, three. He would have, yeah, Victor was three at the time. And um, I brought you home. You were born December 23rd, and they let me come home on Christmas Day. <laughs> and uh, I brought you home in the little bassinet thing or whatever it was and I put you up under the tree and put a little bowl on top of you and I, I woke Victor up and I said Victor, look what Santa Claus brought you <laughs> he jumped up <laughs> and he was so excited that Santa Claus had brought him a baby best oh, Christmas present he ever got exactly and you have been his gift <laughs> ever since when he said at your wedding you have been a present in his life ever since so that's how you came into the world that's how you know, that's how you and your brother met was when you became his person and he took real good care of you too so 
and he kept doing and he's still doing it so i guess I'm gonna circle back for a second because uh, you said you that daddy was popular and you necessarily wasn't. Now you were at uh, Citronelle High School, right? Yes. Um, now I remember. I think I looked in the yearbook. weren't you? Now this is this is what I, the story I wanted to get to. weren't you like the colored homecoming queen at yes. one point? Yes. <laughs> or the prom queen? <laughs> exactly. I was a black L. Colored for yeah, I was a black homecoming queen. So back during that time, they had black homecoming queen. They had a white homecoming queen, and I happened to be the black homecoming queen. And um, during that time, um, I I'm gonna say I don't I don't say I didn't enjoy high school, but I, I it wasn't as much fun as it could have been. I guess that people have fun. And the reason for that is because I was in all the advanced classes I, uh, and was very few blacks in the advanced classes. And so most of the people that I hung around with were the white kids that were at school because I was in all the classes. So therefore, when I got to be homecoming queen, um, a lot of black people... I gotta say this. Said that I probably got it because I was with the white people all the time. You know, it was like um, I got to be that because I was with you know part of their group, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was even hard for me to even get a date. You know, you have to have a date for the homecoming thing. So this other girl that I, I one of my classmates asked her boyfriend would he escort me out there, and he did. And so then that year, what a date for the oh man. Well, you, yeah, you know, you have to have somebody to escort you out, you know. And I couldn't find, I couldn't get anybody, so. So you had to borrow, said, borrow a boyfriend. Exactly, too. I had to borrow a boyfriend. You didn't, this time. Huh? you didn't know Mickey at this time? He was too cool. He was too cool. Oh, he was gone. He was already gone. Okay. And so, yeah, so, you know, doing that, so I had to, like I say, rent a boyfriend, I guess, or whatever for the night. And then, during that time, they too had a um, thing where the blacks was boycott was supposedly boycotting the homecoming because they didn't like the band or whatever they was having. So you know, I go to the homecoming dance, but controversy. Yeah, exactly, it was controversy there, so it was uh, kind of a hectic year, you know. So and and it's amazing how now, even after. I've been out of high school almost 50 years and people still, your classmates that you had back then, they still see you in that position of like you think you're better than what we are or you um, mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know. When y'all were going through stuff like this, you know, Rosa Parks and that kind of stuff, y'all were about how when that was happening and what, what kind of effect was, was that having where you all were in Alabama during that time? Well, because uh, Rosa Parks, she said in nineteen fifty-five, she okay. That you know, I mean, it didn't, it didn't affect us as we knew it because we were so small. You know, you were, you were young, but growing up, we heard about it mm-hmm. as we grew up, and and growing up and um. Coming from what they call up the country to Mobile, 
you know, they could they could uh, they could tell that was different. Some of the department stores, you know, there was a colored water fountain. Black folk couldn't ride the elevator, they had to walk upstairs. Mm-hmm. The department store. They use restrooms at places. They could use the restrooms at none of and one thing I do remember is my dad had relatives in Birmingham. My dad would always travel. And I just remember one night um, we were going to try to get a hotel in Birmingham. And that Gaston Hotel was the only hotel they had for black people. And once we got there, my mom wouldn't get out of the car. So we rolled all the way back to Mount Vernon that night. But And my mom was out. And I never, when I was little, I never knew why. But when we got to Birmingham, my mom would always keep us real close to her. We could not go outside and think it was like she thought something was going to happen to us in Birmingham. I used to always think that if I got to Birmingham, I guess somebody would go snatch us up or something. I don't, I don't know what was going to happen to me, but it was just like once we got to Birmingham, it was always my mom had like a fear of, uh, and of, of us and of, of fear of, of Birmingham. So I just, you know, like I say, I just always had a fear of Birmingham for some reason, but I guess looking back on like this other little girls at the church and all the stuff that was going on at Birmingham That's was, was why yeah. my mother that was See, being mother, built, I didn't know. Her mother knew about the news. She being a child about the bombings in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. How black folks were treated in Birmingham. So she didn't she didn't know about being a child. But her mother knew probably listen to news or, or accounts from other relatives. Birmingham was a, a tough place to be. Yeah. Uh, you know. So and and uh, like I said in the in the small towns that we came from, there wasn't uh the the vibe was there. But like we didn't care, you know, okay you got yours, we got out. <laughs> you know, um, also there were very few establishments in those times that you could preach. So it wasn't like, you know, it was only like one or two grocery stores, so everybody had to go to the grocery store, you know. Right. Um, so it was, you know, um, as far as the civil rights movement itself, it, we didn't get too too much into it, you know. Growing up. Because we were out in the country, I guess. And they and so very few white people. Yeah. And, and yeah. in my neighborhood it was just one it was one little white store. Uh lady yeah. called Miss Prime and um I didn't get along with her too well and so and the reason I'm saying that is my mom always said that I was one of those clean, nasty people, you know. And so it's prime when you go in a store. Back then, you get those cookies like two for a penny. You go in the store and you got a two for a penny. They was in a jar and they would get them out. And I went into the store one day and she was sitting there rubbing her cat, just playing with him and everything. So when she got ready to go, I told her I wanted some cookies. She got on up and went over there and started getting the cookies out the jar. And I told her I didn't want those cookies because she hadn't washed her hands. Told me, my cat is cleaner than you. I said, well, okay. Well, I'm not buying those cookies. <laughs> and I walked. I went and told my mama, yeah, why well, I didn't get the cookies. And I told her why. 
And she told my dad that I was being, uh, she didn't say up or that, just but I was being Sassy. sassy or something. And anyway, my dad didn't say nothing about it, but I, I was just one of those people. She, she, you know, so after that, so my dad just said, well, we didn't have to go there anymore. You know, we didn't have to go to the store anymore. Um, and I don't remember going back anymore. And got my cookies from somewhere else ever then. <laughs> well, soon after, soon after that, she closed, really. Because uh, uh, there were uh, more and more complaints about her, her attitude. Because she was like, really? I want to say the only white person in that community. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, now that, you, now that you say it, when I think about being in Marvin Cole, like as a kid, I didn't remember any white people around, really. Oh, that <laughs> that was you we were Miss Prime, and then down, down where the service station is, there was a guy, but he just ran the service. Those were the only two that I could recall yeah. in that area. Really. Right of uh, the Fletcher Smith up there. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That was it. Fletcher, well, it was a guy called Devil or something. Yeah, they used the to be. Yeah, it was somebody else. An old guy called Devil or something like that. Yeah. And he was a greasy old white guy, you know. Those were all the two. Uh, the two people in my apartment. Now, there was some out further, uh, like behind you know, that road that keeps on out behind the house. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was some way out there, but boy, <laughs> right there in, in Marvico proper, all too. Mm-hmm. And then you know, so everybody would have to really uh, go over to Mount Vernon to to buy anything from the store. It was like three grocery stores over there. And, and the, the two most frequent, there were two more frequent by black people than the, than the other one. It was basically like for white people, I guess. Anyway, you know, in the 1960s, growing up there, that's was just the way it was, you know. Yeah. And like us, we didn't shop in Mount Vernon, period. We didn't, we didn't go there yeah. for anything. My dad uh, was from Jackson, and uh, he would always go to Jackson to get whatever, and then after that, he would start going to Mobile. Going to Mobile. Um, I don't know why, but we went. We didn't shop or anything in Mount Vernon, really. Um, my dad. Uh, I don't know what the mindset was, but it was like we was always isolated from whatever was there, so we never did. Um, like I said, we didn't shop there. We went to Mobile, or either we went all the way up to Jackson, where he was from, to shop. Next topic. Next topic. <laughs> That's what my dad said. You heard him. Uh, next topic. Uh, and we did. We did stop right there and um, had a little conversation, and we kept the conversation moving. So we'll we'll be seeing more of that conversation uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of weeks as uh, we get ready for the next podcast. Um, but again, we're going to be revisiting mom and dad a lot, um, which is just never too much. Uh, so. Be looking out for bonus clips and more conversations. But did you catch the part uh, where my mom was talking about Birmingham and, you know, um, being afraid? Her mom, my grandmother being afraid for them in Birmingham and then her mentioning the four little girls. 
Uh, for a little context there, my grandfather and my grandmother had nine daughters. Uh, my mother was the oldest. Um, so I'm going to have to check the date. So I don't know exactly how many they had at that time. But imagine being my grandmother and hearing that four girls got bombed in a church. And, you know, we weren't like, you know, my grandmother was not super churchy, but she's in church every Sunday, definitely. And you're in Sunday school and uh, at least once a week, you know. So I would imagine, you know, hearing that we were taking a ride to Birmingham was not, was probably the last thing you wanted to hear when you had a car full of girls. So, you know, Matt, that, that's part of it. And then um, the other part with my dad talking about um, how um, because of numbers, you, you, you can't be a bigot when you're outnumbered. Um, and every there's only one store in your rural town. Everybody's got a shop. Um, and, and if you're the store owner, you don't want to turn away any money. So I, I want to talk about some of those things uh, as we get into the podcast as well. Uh, like how, you know, the the overarching thing of systematic racism and then, you know, the places where the rubber hits the road. So uh, we're going to definitely be talking about a lot of that stuff. So anyway, let's get to the next part. I want to bring in a chat with my homie, the handy electrician. He's the number one handy. He's the number one electrician in Atlanta. Um, he, he, he be hooking it up. Uh, he's married to one of my best and oldest friends, and we kicked it off as brothers as pretty much soon as we met. Um, and he's one of the few brothers, uh, brothers and sisters. Gonna have some sisters on too, but uh, one of the few brothers that I'm gonna have on to kind of spread the love in these digital spaces, uh, like the Black Rabbit Hole, where again I'm I'm trying to do a lot and a little bit with this podcast, but um, we got to start somewhere. So. Um, make sure if you want to promote your business or your brand, holler at me any way you can get to me. However you're getting at me, hit me in the chat, uh, black rabbit hole chat at gmail.com black rabbit hole chat at gmail.com. If you want to email me, Facebook, Twitch, Mixcloud, like I said, holler at me, but, uh, here's my conversation, uh, that I had with, uh, Percy Hampton, the handy electrician. Like, bam, what's up? This is the hookup with Percy, the handy electrician, Atlanta's number one electrician. Checking in. What's going on, P? Man, I'm cooling, man. Great Father's Day, man. Got to spend some time with my kids, my wife, my family. Uh, just a good day, man. You know, I got a new uh, accessory from a green egg. <laughs> Real excited about that, man. That green egg grill, man. I've been hearing, been hearing things about it. I might have to check it out. COVID really made me appreciate my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got areas of my house that I could chill, man. I just love being at home. Like, I, I go out in the street. I do my thing. I work. You know, I network. But, man, I love being at the crib. You got to make it comfortable. Make it where you want to be. Yeah, I'm in one of my favorite places, man. I'm in my closet. I know. I'm looking back there. I see the Jays. The Jays on the track. Yeah, the Jays on the rack. I <laughs> look, you know, it's cra- like kind of, I say crazy or not, man. Like I said, I never own a pair of Jays. Yeah. Never. I worked at the shoe store. Damn, P. Yeah, man. Hey, man. But, you know, I've always been impressed, man by the fact that you ain't, that ain't you. And that's no. cool. If you, don't, <laughs> if you don't own a pair of J's, man, that's cool. 
That's your swag. I had them you know Dion I had them Dion twos back in the day though. Well, man, you can live in your in your shit in your swag, man. That's powerful, man. Like <laughs> me personally, I wanna I wanna do it for my ancestors, man. I wanna look my best. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wanna I wanna hey. I want to show, show out, man. Show out. <laughs> I want to show out, dog. Yeah, hey, we talking about the ancestors. Like, we just had Juneteenth, a, a federal holiday now, you know. Man, hey, man. I'm so happy that we got the federal holiday. I'm great. Yeah, great. man. I'm I, not know. satisfied, man. Hey, I'm there with you. I'm like, you know, I appreciate it. You know, he you pulled, they pulled it out the so. back pocket. But give me a bill, give me reparations, give me something, man. Oh, right. They be playing uh, us. They give every other race something. Man, they gave the Asians a bill. Like I live in Georgia, man, and and it was redneck, bro. Like man, shut up the dang old massage parlor. Right. And say he had a a, a, a sex addiction. <laughs> you got a sex addiction. You gonna shoot up the girls? I don't understand it, bro. And they and got they, an Asian bill that if you fight with an Asian right now, it's gonna be a hate crime. Basically, in in it ain't been two months. It, I was gonna say it ain't been ninety days. Man, it's been over four hundred years. We can't bro. get a bill, dog. I, I mean, I, hey, I'm like I say, I'm grateful for everything, but man, I ain't buying it, bro. And speaking of buying it, I you know I posted this on my Facebook page. If next year, if this shit like Cinco de Mayo and Party City is running commercials and shit, I'm going the fuck off because <laughs> it's going. This is not Cinco de Mayo. I'm not taking this on. Look over here, white people. Don't be take. trying to take over. <laughs> I ain't celebrating nothing but Mother's Day and Juneteenth. Right. Everything you have. <laughs> Father's Day, of course. <laughs> they have to ask questions. Look, um, you been uh, you been following the playoffs? Not really. Uh, like I say, I saw I, I was uh, I was at a, a restaurant and I was looking at the Hawks play to um, lose to the uh, to Philly. So they going to a game seven. So at the restaurant I did work at, you know, I did work at that place called Blue Seafood House. I yes. put pictures on my Instagram, my Facebook. So I went there and did a service call. And afterwards, I always go sit down with the owner. We had drinks, chop it up. You know what I mean? They got a live band. You know, I like right. the people watch, man, and network. So, you know. Hey, I'm going to check it out when I come in town. But I don't watch... I try to keep up with the home team a little bit, but once the Knicks got out, the Nets got out, and you know I'm not from here, so I, I have I don't pick a team. I just see see who who's who won, except for the Yankees. Thank yeah, I've been the, in Atlanta over Yankees. twenty years. Let <laughs> me uh, tell you, I've been in Atlanta over twenty years, but Atlanta teams, I done lost a lot of money with Atlanta teams, man. I can't depend on them, bro. Like, now again, I believe it. <laughs> I don't know sports, but you know, again, I watched around the playoffs and I watched the Super Bowl. And which one was that when they lost the to the to the Patriots? Brady. Was that, bro. I went from one Super Bowl party 
at the halftime, got to the other Super Bowl party. The game was totally different. People was happy when I left. We Falcons was up by 25 points. Get to the other Super Bowl party. People was like sad, <laughs> ready to fight. Out, bro. I was like, yeah, that was it. wasn't even cool. And now they they got rid of Julio, or did they lose Julio? Julio leave? They got rid. They lost Julio. <clears throat> and where did he go? That's that's what I don't know. I know he was. I don't know, man. But he ain't got Yeah, if he doing right, he'll be all right though, as long as he but be man, healthy. They taking care of Matt Ryan like he good. It's like racial, man. It's like y'all gonna mess up y'all money being ignorant. Hey, well, man, you know the NFL. You know they just had a. A finding or something where they when they were doing those CTE studies, they were uh, downgrading black athletes out the gate. Uh, whatever the figure was, they started where oh, when they were giving settlements to people, say whatever the number. Say if it was a one hundred, you started at one hundred, yeah. and whatever your degradation was, it went down. They started black people at eighty percent already. Bro, I'm convinced, man. <laughs> I live, I live here. I have a business here, but these people do not mess with us, bro. Like, hey. they ain't gotta show me no more. It ain't hey, you. You in tell Georgia? Me. I'm in Georgia. They just passed a bill, a voting rights bill. Like, a, like I feel like we're in like the '60s or the '50s, where. You can't bring nobody no water. Like, your signature got to be perfect. Like, I mean, they just, bro, people so wicked, man. Like, I'm amazed, bro. Like, I'm not mad. I'm just, like, I'm disappointed in, in humanity, bro. Like, these are supposed to be people. Man. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, a, yeah. these people are inhumane, bro. Like. Man, I, I watch it, and it, it it is unbelievable. It, it it's literally unbelievable to watch it. To watch, it's unbelievable. Like it's so unbelievable, <laughs> bro. Like, and it, I don't have time to waste. Like I know I got work to do, man. Like I, I have a little fun. I travel. I do my thing, man. But. Man, if you playing games out here, if you don't know what's going on, and and you know, like I've been telling my family, man, like this is a literal race. Like life is a race. Race is like okay, black, white, Asian, Spanish, like that's race. But every race should be in a race to take their race to the top. You know what I'm saying? So you need to, you should be, or what I'm going to do and teach my tribe, like, man, go for it. Bust your butt. Save money. Invest money. Play instruments. Be the best version of yourself that you can be. Like, life is not a joke, man. Like, we in last place. Black people in last place, bro. And it's it's it's. I hate like when you, we have to say that, and you start with that because it's like we making progress, and you know we got a, a we had a Barack Obama 
Now we we got a Kamala Harris. And but much question to politicians, not to cut you off. Always no, you good. No, you good. Man, when is a politician really gonna do something just for black people? I don't care about all that, them other races, man. And I'm not prejudiced against no other race. I have no problems with no other race. I got my family come from Panama, Chinese. I got all kind of, you know, backgrounds, man. But I'm a black man. You know what I mean? Yeah. My question, only politician I'm rocking with is a politician that's going to do something for black people. If you're not doing nothing for no black people, man, I can't, I can't rock with you. I can't or at rock least- with you. Or, or at the least, lie to me. Lie to me, Kamala. You know, at least, yeah. at least say you're gonna do something, and just it just never work out, or it's gonna get lost yeah. in the center of the sum. At least, you know, it's it's hard to look at a lot of this stuff. And again, with the again, like you say, with the politicians, particularly some of the ones that are in the the more powerful positions, especially when you when you have Republicans who have zero uh, problem. Flexing, whatever power. Flexing their muscle. The Democrats soft to me. <laughs> a lot of it is just starting that. Well, you know, it, it, it even goes back. You know, we just a, a week or two from the anniversary of uh, the Black Wall Street massacre, too. You know, it goes back to that though. You know, where we, mm-hmm. you know, we we tried and we're still trying. Um, and then we let these white folks, we let these folks sweep it under a rug. And we scared to talk about it. But I'm grateful that they bringing it back out. We need to keep trying. Bro, that's so... about us, we'll never quit. We're not quitters. Mm-mm. We need, and, we all need to keep trying. And it was that's, so funny. When I, I'd never heard of the Tulsa Massacre... Uh, you know, when they teach black history, you know, they have to teach a month in black history. It's like Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and slavery. Slavery was over after the Civil War. All right, let's talk about other stuff. <laughs> yeah, I ain't hear about Black Wall Street till my thirties. They never taught it in school. I done been to college. I done graduated college. You know what I'm saying? Been all them high school, all that stuff. Never heard about it. I had to look it look it up on my own, man. That's why I encourage every black man, man. Do you some research. Look on YouTube. Learn about your culture. Learn about, man, learn from the masters. Dr. Ben, Claude Anderson. There's a lady, I forget, no, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but it's like Shiraz Ali. Man, we got scholars, man, that's giving, that's spitting game, wisdom. It's out here. You don't have to be ignorant. If you got a cell phone and you ignorant, that's your fault. Bro, I say that about school kids too, man. I'm like, they y'all look if y'all failing this because y'all just ain't working hard enough. Now you can make 20 TikTok videos, but you can't go online and find the answer to your test. Man, we <laughs> you didn't know? have this kind of technology, man. You could be you could you could be an electrician off YouTube videos. Right. But and bro, the thing with like you say with, with all that, uh James Baldwin, I, you, a couple just last week they came out with a uh Story that uh, ABC buried buried an interview that they did with him uh, twenty years ago because he was talking that shit. Hey, he bro. was. White people go around. It seems to me with a very carefully suppressed terror of black people. Like, tremendous unreasonable. They don't know who. They don't know what the blackface hides. They're sure it's hiding something. What is hiding 
is American history. You know, what, 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 it, what it's hiding is what white people know they have done and are doing. You know, it's what you know, white people know very well. One thing, there's only thing they have to know. They know this, everything else I say is a lie. They know they would not like to be black here. We're gonna watch this whole thing. I'm gonna put the link. I'm gonna have a link in uh, the chat, and I'm gonna have a link in the uh, in the places where we had a podcast, so you can watch the whole thing. Anybody that's watching this, but uh, I'm just hungry for the knowledge, man. I'm hungry for the growth, man. Like, bro, you gotta once you know the truth. Once you know that, bro, it's all set up as a game against you. Then it just make me look at everything from a different set of lenses. Like, oh, I'm playing to win now. Well, damn, that was fast. Shoot. <laughs> I appreciate uh, Percy, uh, the number one, the handy electrician, number one uh, electrician, ATL. <laughs> also, please check out that James Baldwin interview. Google James Baldwin interview ABC. They hit the interview. Um, it's a long, it's a story behind it too. And again, this kind of thing where I talk about, you know, I'd never heard of James Baldwin until after I got out of college. And I didn't, I felt like some kind of way about it. And even like kind of talked to my parents about it, but, um, you know, even Nicole Hannah Jones, Pulitzer Prize winner said she had not heard of James Baldwin until after she got out of college. And she was like in African American studies and that kind of stuff. They hid this man from us. Uh, reach out and subscribe, Google, Apple, YouTube. Facebook, we out here. Uh, Twitch, Twitch for bonus uh, stuff, live uh, live chats and talk show type stuff. Uh, Mixcloud for music, because Facebook be cutting that ass off. If you want to be on the show, Black Rabbit Hole Chat at gmail.com. Please subscribe somewhere. Help me get the numbers. My thanks to you all. I hope you enjoyed this first hour. Uh, let me know again what we can do to make it fun. Hit me in the chats, wherever you're getting this at. Holler at me. Let me know how we can make it better. V-Lang's been in this thing. This is the Black Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>